Y'all, welcome back to the Ben Barker Fitness Podcast. Thanks for listening today. If you would subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and share this with a dad you think it could be an encouragement to. Today, I'm pumped to have Pat Barber. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Stoked to be here. I like your background, by the way. That thing is clean. Like It's Thanks, like man. a little minimalist. It's real, right? It's not digital? That's That's legit. And so anything that you see that looks nice was my wife. Just want to throw that out there. I think that's the same for both of us. Uh, yeah, anything 100%. in my life that looks nice was my wife. <laughs> 100%. Pat, I assume most people listening will know who you are, but would you give me like quick background, what you do, what you're about, style of fitness, your family, all of that? Sure. Um, my name is Pat Barber. I uh, I am a, a CrossFitter, uh, to, to say the word. <laughs> uh, I've been doing CrossFit since about 2004. I've done everything in the space from filming and editing video for the company, building websites, selling gear, running gyms, coaching individuals, coaching uh, competitors, as well as competing myself. Uh, And these days, I still work for the company. I I teach level ones and level twos, as well as I've run programming companies and uh, currently work for a company called Best Hour of Their Day, the shirt I'm wearing right now, uh, where we do affiliate mentorship. So we help CrossFit affiliates run better gyms. Uh, and love that process and be more profitable. Uh, specifically, I work in the coaching development section of that, and, and I created a product called The Knowledge, where I develop coaches. Um, and the goal is to just elevate our community so we can deliver this program in the best possible way. So that's me in a nutshell. Uh, I'm also a father. Uh, I have four four sons, um, uh, 11, 8, uh, 5, and 1, and they're all... all I mean, I said four sons, so they're all boys. Um, and I live in the mountains of Santa Cruz, California with uh, a little small homestead where I raise my boys kind of a little off grid. We've got, we homeschool all of them and just have a great life, man. I can't have my wife listen to this because she's been toying with homeschooling our kids. We have four as well. And yeah. so you're you're going to inspire her to pull the trigger. <laughs> Do it. I, I highly, highly recommend it. I mean, I, it's one of those things where it's my both my wife and I work from home and we have the opportunity to just be with the kids a lot. Um, and it, it's it provides a lot of freedom in ways that you previously uh, wouldn't have expected. Like we're not like running around to sports all the time. We're not hey, got to wake up and get them to school. It's like we can wake up, you know, go for a, a, a a dip in the hot tub together as a family, have breakfast as a family. I go out to my office and work. My wife takes the kids and does some homeschooling stuff. And the amount of actual schooling that you can get done in such a short period of time and still have the rest of the day to do whatever, it's amazing. And then we can do things like we skip off and go to, uh, you know, skiing. We just went, we spent a month in New Zealand and then we went and spent seven days skiing right when we got home. So it's, yeah, it's, we're incredibly fortunate and I, I highly recommend it. Um, okay. I'll I'll let my wife listen and and she'll see what she thinks. (laughs) um, So, uh, I don't know if you like Gary V. Um, but I I think, you know, there's been some good things I've learned from him, like content wise and stuff like that. But one thing that he said that I took a lot from, he was always talks about like giving people their flowers, you know? And so before I jump into, you know, asking you cool questions and stuff, you, Pat, you do a great job, uh, with, with the content you put out, dude, it, it's fun. It, it's lighthearted. I think you can tell where your values lie in like family and fitness. And that also that like, you know, those of us who like, uh, I had Asia Barto on the show a few months ago. Oh, nice. 
And he mentioned yeah. that he and I are on like one end of the fitness spectrum. We almost probably take it like too seriously. Um, I feel like you do right. a great job, man, uh, of like keeping it fun. It, it is important to be fit, but it, it's not everything. And, and I appreciate that about you. Oh, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think this industry as a whole, it bothers me more than I enjoy it. Um, and, and so for me, I think if you're taking it too seriously and no offense, like I love, I, I think there needs to be people who really get into the nitty gritty and take yeah. it super seriously. But I, I think that there's, it's, 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 I enjoy taking it on the bigger picture a lot more. Um, which is funny cause I'm in such a, a, a niche being CrossFit as, as it is. Um, but yeah, no, I, I appreciate that sentiment around you. You, you feel like I, 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 <laughs> I, I have a balance of seriousness and depth. So I appreciate that. Yeah, dude, that's fun. And then also just to throw it out there real fast. Um, you were my level one coach in 2000 in like thir- 14, maybe at oh, wow. Dallas, Dallas strong. So it was yeah. you chase Ingram uh, there was a girl named Abby, a blonde girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but bro, it was great. And, uh, oh, man. O- over the years I've, you know, I've had like several certifications and stuff and, you know, it's so funny with how, how CrossFit, I, I feel like CrossFit is mainstream now. I mean, it's been around forever, but there's still some people who like want to question it. Um, out of all the certifications that I've gotten, like CrossFit was the most legit, like other ones, you just like take a test on a computer and it's like, you're certified, you know? And whereas like CrossFit, man, we were out there like <laughs> doing deadlifts, power Hell cleans, yeah. strict muscle ups, medicine ball yeah, cleans man. and stuff like that. So oh, I gained a lot of value, man, and, and y'all did oh, a yeah. great job. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Uh, we, I remember that gig. Uh, I don't, I didn't know you were there. Like, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, no offense. Like, I've done I'm a lot taken. of these seminars, but but the uh, that gig was awesome. Chase Chase at that one. Do you remember when he did the warm up with you and it was like super vulgar and he was making you do hip thrusts and doing all the crazy jokes and like yeah, I, I fully remember that gig at Dallas Strong. That's awesome, man. Uh, the it's it, he's a that 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 was a good group of people and you know it's been funny working in this community for so long as we did get so much flack for what we did, but it was like. Anyone who, like literally, I've not met a single person who, at least not in my experience, who attended one of my seminars and walked away being like, oh, I get it. Or didn't walk away being like, oh, I get it. You know, like that's why you do that. And it's like, I get it. It's, it, it's not it's not for everyone. But if you come to one of those seminars, especially one that I'm teaching, you're going to walk away and go, okay, I get it. That That's why that's why you do what you do. For sure. And it's like, with, with and I, I don't want to throw any certification on their bus because they're all great, but it's like, you know, like when you're taking a test and like, you know, what muscle are you working during a lap pull down? You know, very important, but like the tactical hands on hand, like hands on type stuff where you're helping people with technique and learning how to work with people and being like, Hey man, you're going to break your back. If you do a deadlift like that, like that's probably the tactical stuff it is, is gotta be like the most important portion. So, like a big factor in my opinion, at least you would think, right. You would, you would think that like, because that's this stuff in practice. It's like, it's like, who gives a shit if, if you know all the information, if you can't make someone do the information and there's a big gap between knowing and doing. Um, I know a lot of, uh, 
I know a lot of people who have a tremendous amount of education who can't deliver this stuff. And in reality, the, uh, in order to get people most of the way there, most of the time, you need very little. Um, and I think that that's, that's part of my philosophy on the overall coaching and, and, uh, you know, the fitness community in general is like people get really, really deep and they don't need to be like, um, they just need to get out there and do, um, and, and there's many different ways of doing so. Um, but yeah, I, I do really appreciate CrossFit's stance on that with, with just getting hands on and getting in there and doing it. Yeah, me too, dude. Um, Pat, the, the most important reason I wanted to have you on here, we're going to touch that in just a second, but I do got to throw it out there as well. Um, you competed at the CrossFit games five times, correct? I did. Yeah. Um, and I feel like I like to say that the, the time that you were in the CrossFit games was like the glory days. I feel like that's, <laughs> when it, you know, like the, like when is, you know, Pat Barber, Kalipa, Rich Froning, uh, Scott Panchik, like all, like that's for me when it was the funnest <laughs> just, just to watch, um, th- through all of that, man, like, um, talk about a, a little bit, if you can, like the type of work that went into being prepared for an event like that. Yeah. I mean, so I, I got such a unique opportunity to be there through the, you know, initial stages into when it became something really big. Right. So, uh, I, I competed in 2000. I actually just counted. I, I was there six times if you count team, team events. Um, cool. but the, 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 uh, the initial years, it was like a festival. You just showed up and it was like, <laughs> In 2007, 2008, uh, not 2009, 2009 was the first year they had qualifiers. It was like, if you, if you made it to the ranch on this date, you could go compete in the games. Uh, and that was, that was, that brought a level of just like, Hey, we're all here. We're just going to test ourselves. Let's, let's do this. And we don't know what we're showing up for, which, you know, if you've ever competed in something, you know what you're going to get. But if you've competed in CrossFit, you're like, you don't know what you're going to get. You're just showing up and you're like, whoo, I wonder what it's going to be. And like, <laughs> you know, it's going to hurt, like, but you don't know what it's going to be, which, which is fun. Um, and then in the, the later years uh, where it was like, you know, the multiple day event, you knew that there was many layers of qualifiers. You knew generally the type of, you know, what spectrum of fitness they're going to test, which is kind of quite broad. Um and it just, it, and there was more people competing for it. So the, the, what, what went into preparing for it was very different. So like in the initial years, it was just, you know, the daily one a day training, you know, you would just train once and you hit it really hard and that would steadily increase your fitness and you show up on game day and see what you're good at. And then on game day, if you get highlighted a few things that you're really bad at, they'll then influence your training for the next year of like, I probably need to put a bit more time in my running or a bit more time in my, you know, Olympic lifting or whatever it might be. Um, in the later years, because of the nature of the multiple day event, the, the necessity to increase overall volume in any given day, um, was important because you needed to be able to hit an event, recover, hit an event, recover, hit an event, and all be at a relative, high intensity uh, versus what you previously would do. So that necessitated training multiple times in a day, which which is very competition specific uh, and is way too much for normal people. Um, and I don't I don't understand how that actually filtered its way into our community. 
Well, I, I do understand it because, you know, people were like, more is better. Or they were like, the competitors do it, we should. But it's like they're, they're training for different things. Uh, one should be longevity and health and the other should be like an acute level of dominance over a specific event, which necessitates more volume. Um, hold on, let me put my dog in here. She's barking at the door. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that changed the overall preparation. And the preparation for that ended up being far more volume in any given day, um, which beats the body down. Uh, but when you're young and you got a good training crew and you eat well and you sleep well, like you can, you can handle it. Um, and yeah, it was fun. And Pat, what does training look like now for you? Me? It's like yeah. three to five days a week, uh, one workout on those days. Um, I Right now I'm following CrossFit Lynchpin, uh, Pat Sherwood's program, pretty classic, yeah. old school, just do some stuff. Uh, and then I also just recently got this like nice Garmin Phoenix and it's got a cool. little run program on here. Uh, so I've been doing like three days a week of running uh, when I when I can fit that in. Uh, I also am really active. I, I play a lot of volleyball. I surf. I, I build around my house. So I'm, I'm not a stagnant person. Um, but training is about three to five days a week, one, one day a week, or one, one session a day for the most part uh, of like strict training. Guys, if, if you got anything from what Pat just said, I think it was beautiful too. And something, Pat, that I've been leaning into a lot recently, it's like I think a lot of people get in that zone where like they're just trained real, real hard you know, say for their five days a week. And then outside of that, they're not doing anything active. And I just feel like that's a travesty. Um, Cause if you look at, like, I look at pictures of my grandpa who didn't like, like exercise, but he was shredded because he like was like working in the fields when he was a kid. And then he was playing baseball. And then even as an adult, when he was in the military, he was playing like softball and stuff like that. So he was just like naturally fit and people didn't used to overeat like we do now. And yeah. I think a lot of people are kind of missing that side of the coin. It's like we go to the gym for five hours a week and then all the other hours of the week were, were sedentary. And that's just kind of sad not to use your fitness in the real world. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely one of those things where it's like you use it or lose it. And I think that there's a reality to life where people are very overwhelmed with all the stuff they've got going on. But um, yeah, the more often you can be moving around and be active, the better straight up. Um, even if I think you're sacrificing a, an hour in the gym for an hour outside, I would, I personally think that that's probably a better use of your time, especially if it creates different habits around being more active. Um, that being said, I have recently come to understand how important muscle is. Um, yeah. and, uh, the not recently come to understand, but I've, I've met a few people recently who, you know, eat super clean, uh, like all they eat is broccoli and chicken, you know, and, uh, and, uh, they, they take their vitamins and they get their sleep and they're like, but, but they're still soft. And it's yeah. like, why are you soft? And it's like, well, you, you don't do anything that necessitates like, uh, stress on the overall muscular system. Um, so they don't have enough muscle and muscle is expensive. So like, uh, muscle is a good thing to have. Uh, and I think that due to my history, I, I put on a lot of muscle doing the training that I did. So I think there is a necessity to get in the gym and get under load and get under tension. And especially in your early years, build, build muscle, uh, in my mind, preferably muscle that is useful, not just looks a certain way. Uh, cause that's, that's my particular bent. Um, but yeah, muscle's good. Build it. Um, I, I second that. 
Pat, the main reason I wanted to have you on, man, is because you had that post a while back where you said you kind of had set the goal uh, or you asked your son and I'd like you to give kind of the full context, like if he could change anything about like what you did or something like that. And you basically came to the conclusion that you did not want to yell at your kids. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that resonated with me because like I'm bad about, you know, I let stuff go. I let stuff go. And then when it hits, I yell like that. That's kind of my thing. And it's something that my wife have worked on, uh, you know, this past year when I saw that. And I think as you saw, you know, in the comments and stuff that resonated with a lot of people. Um, yeah. and I mean, I think such a good goal. Cause I've noticed, I even remember as a kid at times, you know, like say my dad yelled at me or at other times if we were in public, if my dad like would grab my arm and like whisper in my ear, he'd be like, Hey man, we're not going to act like this. And that was more impactful than, yeah. it, than if he yelled at me. And so, man, would you, would you touch on that a little bit and talk about kind of like that challenge that you put out there for yourself and the why? Yeah, for sure. So I have a, I have a side profile of like my main profile was just like, it's my life, you know, it's like a public, like, it's just my life. Um, but I, I'm really invested in being a good father just because I, I feel a lot of satisfaction with, uh, raising good kids. Um, and I think there's a lot that goes into that. And I don't think that anyone has the answers. So I wanted, I like, I, I felt like all the parenting advice was on either end of the spectrum. It was like either, you know, old school, like as close to hitting your kid as possible, listen to my authority, <laughs> like just like super far on this end of the spectrum is like F the everyone. Yeah, whatever. And then the other side was like super hippie and like let the kid do whatever they want. It was like, there's these two ends of the spectrum that are really vocal and they're like really strong communities. And I, I see value in, in certain components of both sides, but there's, there, there's, I didn't see many people in the middle who are like, didn't seem crazy to me. <laughs> like who didn't <laughs> seem like they were like, like promoting some sort of random agenda where I'm like, what are you, why are you so aggressive with that? You know, like it doesn't need to be even said that way. So, um, I created like a little account called the father's guild, which was my little, it was more of like a forward facing. I don't know what I'm doing as a fatherhood, but like, I want to put ideas out there and have conversations about them to like, hopefully be somewhere in the middle. Um, because I think it's like, we need to hold ourselves accountable as fathers to being better than, than just like showing up, you know, like that's not, that's not like the, the epitome of what it means to enjoy this process. So I put that little thing out and I would just kind of post content that was meaningful to me and my thoughts that like resonated with me on fatherhood. And, uh, I had a conversation with my wife, where she mentioned like the boys had independently come up and expressed that they didn't like, or they, they felt scared around my yelling. Um, and you know, initially when you hear something like that, you're like, good, you know, like I, I want them to in some degree or to some degree, uh, respect me and then fear me. And then I'm like, but why would I want them to fear me? You know, like what, what, what is, what purpose, what greater purpose is that serving? Like respect, I understand, but but fear, like what is the necessity there? And so as I unpacked it, there was, there was nothing there that I was like, I need to keep this in my relationship with my children. I don't know why. I mean, I think fear in the sense of like, you're afraid of letting them down, but not like fear as in terror. Like that just didn't, it, there was nothing there that I saw value in and I couldn't figure out a way that, that I would want that. So just to get clarity, I, I was filming something else and I, 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 for my 
fitness stuff. And I brought my kids in independently and each one of them interviewed them and just was like, finish this sentence for me. Uh, I hate it most when my dad and then and I have I, I brought in three of my kids because the one year old doesn't talk. Uh, and, uh, and they each independently of each other said yelling. Um, they were like yelling, uh, screaming at me, yelling at me. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, I wonder if I can create discipline. I wonder if I can, and, and hear me out. I think I'm similar to you is like, I'm, I'm pretty easygoing and I don't like just say, Hey, get your shit and blah. Like I'm not just a angry yelly guy, but when I get pushed to a point, I snap and it like, it's really it's really different than my normal me. Um, and I think there's a purpose and there's a need to be able to be intense, uh, as a man and as a father, but I don't think the act of yelling was always conscious. I don't think the, I don't think it was always something where I was like, this is the best tool. I'm going to use this for me. And for the way I see it with a lot of people, it's just where they go when they're acutely stressed in a scenario that they, they can't cope with, or haven't taken a step to, hey, how do I deal with this otherwise? Um, so when I asked all my boys, they all said the same thing. So I was like, well, what, what would happen if I challenged myself to a month of not yelling? Um, and uh, if I yell, I have to pay my son $5 the, right in the moment. Like I yell at him, I'll, I'll give him five bucks. Um, and, you know, just I put, and, and I had filmed that conversation with my kids and I edited it and I was like, I'm going to challenge myself. And like, this was my challenge to me. And I put it out there on my little social thing. Uh, it was a much longer interview, but I posted a, a minute and 30 second reel. Uh, and then that reel went like completely viral. I think it's got like 5.1 million views, um, which was kind of crazy. So like I had 300 followers on that account when I, when I s- s- posted that reel and I think now I'm like a couple hundred away from 30,000 followers. Um, so yeah, it's kind of gnarly. Uh, and I was like, whoa. And it's very specific, very like my normal accounts niche. It's not niche. It's like all over the place. But this is like very, this is just fatherhood. Um, but there was a wide range of opinions on that post as, as anything that's on the internet is going to have critique from both sides. But it's been fascinating to see the level of... Uh, the level of kind of conflict in people's own brains around what yelling actually is. Because I think anyone who sees a post is only going to view it through their lens. They're only going to view it through their experience and what they deem that to be. It's a minute and 30 second post, right? Like you, you don't get the full context of my life when I yell, how I yell, what that's going on, what my kids are like. And, and you had all ends of the spectrum chiming in of like people being like, oh my God, I was deeply traumatized by a single yell by my kids and or by, by my dad. And I'm like, that's not, that's not how trauma works in my mind. It's not as linear as that. And, mm-hmm. and then you had people on the other side being like, you're making your kids trans by not yelling at them. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, you, you're crazy. Like, like literally. And, and, and for me in my head, I wanted to be like, F all of you, because, uh, that's, that's kind of how I feel with some of it, but it's like, well, there's actual conversations to be had here. You know, there's some things like if someone says like, and a a very, the common sentiment on one side was like, if you don't yell, you're going to make your kids soft. And I, I, I asked the question many times to, to people in the comments, like, 
what does that mean? Like, how does the act of yelling harden a kid? <laughs> like, and, and it, like there's, and nobody had an answer for that. Like nobody came through and was like, here's my answer for how yelling makes a kid hard and how not yelling makes them soft. Cause I was like, there's, 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 there's no, there's no link between those two. If you unpack it, there's no like, Oh, my kid's going to grow up resilient because I yelled at him. What the hell are you talking about? And then on, uh, 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 like, or my kid's going to grow up soft because I didn't yell at him. Like you can still hold boundaries. You can still do all these things minus the yelling. So anyway, those are the conversations that I'm trying to have with people. And, and nobody's been able to have a decent response on that side to this. Like it's been two months since I made that post. Um, and so I challenged myself to that one month thing. And, and it was like, it was, I was ready to stop yelling. Uh, I, my my second son uh, was the one who pushed my buttons the most. He was the only one who got paid out. Uh, he caused me to yell f- four times. Three times were just like uh, in the moment I went for it. And I, I was like, damn it. And then I had to pay him right in the moment. And then the fourth one, I like intentionally was like, I can't do anything other than yell here. And I need to yell in order to get this response. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to consciously pay five bucks in order to do this. Mm-hmm. Um and that's, that's how I want yelling to be for me it is like something that I'm going to accept paying $5 because it's important enough for me to do so. And so I'm going to just continue this challenge forever. Um, if I yell at my kids, I know it's five bucks. And, and a lot of people were being like, you're incentivizing your kids to act like turds. And I'm like, that's not how children work. Like you, you, <laughs> at least mine don't. I just, I'm, I'm the adult. I say, you can't force me to do it. You know, like if you are trying to make me yell, you're not going to get the money. In fact, you owe me money. And then that's a one, two line conversation and they never did that. Um, and then for uh, my, uh, the, my own self, it wasn't incentivizing them. It was more uh, just giving the $5 is my own headspace. It's like, it gives me a, a pause to be like, oh, is this worth five bucks? And it gives me a second to be like, oh, how can I handle this scenario? What's actually going on? So like, that's, that's what it was for me. It worked really well. And, uh, and I'm stoked. So I'm going to continue doing it. And that was the whole thing. And that was a lot of talking for me. And uh, I appreciate you nodding along. (laughs) No, bro. No, because I, I think it, and I think it shows, you know, that that post went viral and how many followers that page gained. I think this is a conversation that men aren't good at having you know, like we're not supposed to like talk about our feelings and stuff like that because we're, we're men, you know? And yeah, where does I, I will that say, come from though? I don't like, know, Patrick. I like, I have no idea. It's um, like, it's but, like, it, it's, I think it came and I've been pondering this recently because I never felt that way. I always felt, cause I, I had really loving and supportive parents almost to a fault, you know? So I never felt bad about expressing my feelings. I didn't always have the words to, and I didn't always know what I was feeling, which was hard. And as an adult, it's a lot easier. Um, but I was thinking that maybe like in harder times, if, if you're dealing with a lot of death, if you're having to go fight and kill people, if you've, if, if you've got a lot of stuff going on, there's value in having one of the two partners be able to cope with all of that without being extremely emotional. Um, like if, if you're fighting wars and if you're, you know, everyone's starving and shit's really bad, like I could see value in suppressing emotion, um, because you couldn't constantly be emotional in those times. 
times, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like shit would go wrong. But we're not in that day and age. And we're not in a day and age where, where there's that kind of strife um, that necessitates us like stuffing things down. So I don't know. I, that's the only conclusion I could come to is like, that's why men did that then. And it was acceptable. Um, yeah. because it was a product of the times they needed to, in order to not be wrecks all the time. Uh, but yep. then that translated into like, this is what a man is. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Yeah. Um, anyway, keep going though. Well, I, I, I had two thoughts. Cause one, it's like the big thing that my wife and I talked about, Pat, was that what it did to us when we yelled, mm. do you know how it made me feel? And you know, like, even like my kids are tough. And, uh, but I noticed like if I yelled at my kids, I felt like garbage afterwards. And yeah. I felt like it put me like in a, an emotional state that wasn't helpful for anyone. But like when I control my anger, I can have that same exact conversation and get the point across and still hold them accountable, um, without screaming totally. at them. Totally. And, and it, yeah. So for my wife and I, just for us personally, like not even thinking about my children, which I always do, um, it puts us in a better headspace when we don't yell at them. Yeah. Yeah. It gives control over your own emotions, which is what makes an adult an adult. Like yep. that's, that's the thing. Like I don't think a lot of people do the yelling because they're like, they went through all the options and were like, ah, this is the best <laughs> one. You know, like I think they were like, all I have is a hammer. And that's what I'm going to use for everything, you know, yep. and, and and regardless of whether or not it fixes it, this might be a yep. screw, but I'm going to hit it with this hammer. You know, it's yep. like that, that, and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Jordan Peterson's statement of like least force necessary. Um, he's got that statement on parenting where it's like, you want to use the least amount of force necessary in order to have the outcome. But depending on the scenario and the child, you're going to have more or more force required. But what I think is missed in some of that is like, did you take all the steps here <laughs> to get to this most force necessary? Or did you just go there because you, that's what you know? And I don't think enough people have had the desire to examine why they're doing it. And that's what I hoped this challenge would do for a lot of people because that's what it did for me. It was, it was okay, why am I doing this? Is this what I'm trying to do? For, like, is it is it having the outcome that I want? Is it is there another way that could be even more effective using less force? Because why go to the 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 extreme when I could just use less? Uh, and I think the answer would be because it's in the moment easier, but in the long run, like clearly, if you go through my comments, there are hundreds and thousands of people who are deeply wounded by that back and forth and forever carry that with them. And why not try to mitigate some of that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, and and I, I think too, um, I think one day when we're like, you know, since, since we work out like 125 on our deathbed, right? <laughs> and And like, you know, like looking back at the life you lived. And I think if you can look back in, in I think so many people are like, man, I just kind of like floated through life. I wasn't like, conscious and like in the moment. And I think when you take the time to like think about your reactions and stuff, it makes you more like conscious in the moment and how you're dealing with your children. And I don't think you're going to like lay on your deathbed and be like, man, I kind of just like floated through the best years. Cause something that my wife and I talk about regularly, you know, it's like you look at goals long-term and places you want to go, but I'm like, you know, like one day we're going to have everything we want and we're going to look back and wish we could come back 
to when our kids were kids. Like we're, we're living it. Like this is it right now. Like this is as good as it gets and trying to be like conscious of that fact. And, and once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every moment's like that, right? It's like the, it's, 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 it's really hard to be present today's day and age. Uh, we have things that pull us out of the present constantly. Um, and I'm glad that there's a large movement of people who are constantly hammering home, be present, be present. The fascinating thing to me is a lot of these people do it via social media. And I'm like, are you actually present? You know, like, like, be, like you, you, you're doing it via a thing that's drawing your attention away that you clearly spend hours creating. And like, that's, that's the thing. Like I, 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 we, even with my own, this, this father's guild thing, like I, I don't want to invest time into that to take away from time with my, my children. Like, do I have potential here for something really cool? Absolutely. But I'm never going to do it at the, the, I'm never going to do it inauthentically to the point where it's like, I got to do this in order to feed the algorithm. And it's like, frick you, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to do this to, to, to as an outlet when things come up for me. Um, but I think that'll just limit its overall growth. And I, I think about that with all, like with all things, like I could work a lot harder right now in my life and make a lot more money, but I'm not going to like, I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to work within uh, like a, a set of boundaries, but I'm going to be limiting my potential intentionally now because I don't want to spend time away from my kids. And like, that's just uh, uh, like, we're not going to have the, I mean, we have a really nice life, but we're not going to have like as nice a stuff as we could if I just worked harder. And that's been the last 10 years for me. You know, like I, I've had so many opportunities to just like really put the nose to the grindstone and work. But I am unwilling to sacrifice my time now for finances or, or cause like, I, I like the way my wife and I talk about it is like, why don't we just work when the kids are out of the house? Like, I know I'll be 50. I don't care. Like I'll, I'll work my ass off when I'm 50. I'm like, like you said, 50 to a hundred, I'm still going to be cruising. Like I'm going <laughs> to go back into the workforce. I don't give a shit. Like let's, let's do this. Like I'll go work yeah. at Home Depot. I got this. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I'm glad that that those movements exist. Um, but I always find it funny that they're on the most time sucking shite platforms of all time. <laughs> so guys, I hope you're listening to this podcast while you're driving to work. That way you're not uh, wasting time with your kids. Let, let that, <laughs> let that be a no. No, but, but I mean, there, no, there's you- a reality to like, like I'm speaking from such a privileged place. I've created a life where I can homeschool and work from home and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I mean, I granted I have curated that to some degree, but, but I think whatever life you currently have, when you get the opportunity to spend time with your kids, like put your fucking phone down and like, it's not worth it. Like put your phone down, you know, turn off the devices, like don't go like, learn to spend time with them. Something that I've been messing around with in my head right now is learn to say yes to time with them and learn to say no to stuff for them. And I think that balance between those two is something that a lot of parents have skewed is like they work so much away from their kids that they're willing to come home and buy them whatever they want, but not willing to say like sacrifice some time to go out and Hey, I'm going to go throw the ball with you. Cause I'm tired, you know, or I'm going to do those other things. So like, 
learn to say no to like the, all the stuff and learn to say yes to sacrificing your life energy to be with them. Cause I think that the payoff there is a lot higher. Pat, you've said like in like the last three minutes, like several things that are going to make some great clips for social media. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. <laughs> uh, You're welcome. Yeah, but that's something that I, I've said on the podcast before. So you guys listening, I'm sorry, but it's like it's like the thought that like especially like when your kids are young, like sometimes they don't know how to say like I'm anxious or I'm stressed. It comes out as like, Dad, will you play with me? And yeah. like that they, they don't know how to talk about it. So literally just like wrestling with your kid in the floor might be like the therapy like that they need or going outside and playing catch because they don't know how to put it into words yet. And that changed the way I, I fathered like 100%. Yeah, man. And I, I think that like you can, you can actually work a lot of the problems that they have back out, you know? So like <laughs> they might not even do it as like, Hey, come play with me. They might come up and hit you in the butt or punch you in the yep. crotch. And you're like, what the hell was that? And it's like, that's, that's them being like, I need attention, man. Yeah. And, and you're not rewarding them by playing with them. Like people are like, you don't want to reward that kind of activity. It's like, well, then you should be making it. So all of the actions that you take, they don't then come and punch you in the crotch. So like maybe acutely in that moment, you don't go, Oh, that was my sign. I need to go out, but take that as a yeah. sign that like, Holy crap, I'm not giving them enough attention. And this is where my attention should be right now. Um, Let's go. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Pat, I want to be respectful of your time and I'm going to completely switch gears here um, for this last minute. I like to ask guys, especially who are well-versed in fitness. Um, and I also, I saw an article about, she was like morning chalk up and it was like something about you and your wife being like into like the old school, like no frills, kind of like CrossFit, something, something oh, yeah. to that degree. So my question is for you, you, you've got a dad listening to the podcast and he doesn't know where to start. Um, you've got like five exercises, man. You're like, man, if I could only choose five, these would be five to get really good at. What would your five exercises be? Yeah. Five exercises to get really good at a squatting. You got to get good at squatting straight up. Um, all kinds of it. Uh, I think deadlifting is unique in its ability to put on mass and build posterior strength. Uh, I think pull-ups are a good full range of motion, uh, overhead exercise, both stat strict and dynamic, uh, pull-ups. Uh, you should get good at running cause we're freaking humans and we use our legs and you should learn how to run. Um, and then what's another exercise I could say, if you want just like bang for your buck overall capacity cleans and snatches. So Olympic lifts. So yeah, like you should learn how to do just because they offer so much more than just the physiological. There's a neurological component to them. That's uniquely expressed via those motor patterns. Um, yeah, I would say those five, but more importantly, more importantly though, I would say that styles of training are more important. And I think a lot of people talk about, they got my cardio, I got my strength, I got my zone two, I got my blah, blah, blah. And I think the hierarchy in the overall fitness space is messed up. Um, because I think most people who talk about what they need to be doing first are privileged in the sense that they do so much that they can pick and choose to solidify what they're doing. I think high intensity work, CrossFit style 
if you're doing nothing else and you're only training three days a week, that should be all you do. You shouldn't venture into zone two. You shouldn't like, you don't have the luxury because you're not doing enough. If you're training five days a week, then we can talk about getting a strict strength day in there. Then we can talk about getting a, maybe a, a long, slow day in there or a zone two in there. But if you're not, if you're not doing anything and you only got three days a week, you need to, you need to find a local gym. You need to get your ass in there and you need to train hard three days a week. Once we start training more than that, we can, we can pick and choose like a, we should also be doing a strength day. We should also be doing a mobility. We should also be, it's like, but that shit shouldn't come first in my mind. Um, you're going to get most of the way there with high intensity work. That was a great answer, dude. Thanks, man. I like that. Hey, Pat. So if somebody wanted to connect with you and find out more about you, man, where's the, where's the best place to connect with you? You can connect with me on Instagram. Um, Coach Pat Barber is my main channel, but uh, I have the Father's Guild, uh, which is my other channel. Let's go. Hey, bro, thanks so, so much for coming on today, man. I think I think dads, like that's primarily my audience, is, is going to get a, a lot of value out of this, man. So I really appreciate you for taking the time today. Of course, man. I, I'm stoked that I got to come on. I appreciate the offer. Let's go. Thanks, Pat.